Greetings, and welcome to Thoughts Along the Way. In today's episode, some thoughts from the book of Proverbs, from Proverbs 14, verse 12. A very challenging verse that reminds us of the essential nature of sacred scripture, of our dependence on God's revelation to us, of his thoughts, of who he is, and of who we are and of all that he has called us to in Jesus Christ. Again, a recording from the Cove. Good morning from the Cove. This morning, some thoughts from Proverbs, from Proverbs 14, verse 12, where we read, There is a way that seems right to a man. But the end of that way is the way of death. That proverb is repeated again in chapter 16, verse 25. Exactly the same words. There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of that way is the way of death. It's easy to read over that and just say, okay, yeah, we we don't always do things the right way, or sometimes we get it wrong. Um, We could even look at it and say, well, yeah, there are times when we know what the right way is, but we actually choose a different way knowing that we shouldn't be doing this. But that's not what this verse is saying. And there is a really important truth behind this verse that kind of fits in with the last couple of episodes that we've been talking about, the the uniqueness and the preciousness of God's thoughts as opposed to ours, the dependence that we have, as we saw in Psalm 119, verse 105, on the Word of God as our only light in the darkness. And here in Proverbs, we hear that there is a way that seems right to me. Again, this ought to be a little bit arresting, a little bit frightening, because what it's saying is that I can be absolutely convinced that the way that I'm choosing, that the choice that I'm making is right, and yet God, under the inspiration of his Holy Spirit as he causes his word to be written and recorded for us, tells us there is a way that seems right to you. You're absolutely convinced it's the right way to go. And yet, in reality, that way is going to lead you to death. That tells us something about the impact of sin on our nature. Now, if we were left there, we would be pretty much without hope. But I'd like to also look at some verses from Isaiah chapter 55, the prophet Isaiah. And there Isaiah writes in chapter 55, speaking, this is the Lord speaking through Isaiah. He says, my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, So my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now at this point, it doesn't seem like 
it's really much of an encouragement to us if God's thoughts are so much higher than ours, if his ways are so much higher than ours, then what hope do we have of understanding his thoughts? What hope do we have of finding our way, of finding his way, the way that he's leading us, the way that he would have us to go? But to read the rest of this chapter, the introduction to Isaiah chapter 55, puts it in a totally different light. And it's a light that tells us that God, in his mercy, in his loving kindness, is actually waiting to meet our needs. He's desirous to meet our needs in spite of our fallenness, in spite of the fact that the way that we would choose on our own is a way that's going to lead to death. This is my nature apart from God's intervening in it. Listen to the beginning of Isaiah chapter 5, 55. He says, Come, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. He who has no money, come, buy, eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Here we have this offer on the part of Yahweh that is appealing to his people and saying, Come. Buy, drink, if you're thirsty, drink. Even if you have no money, you can buy this food, this drink. He says, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which doesn't satisfy? This is us looking in the wrong direction to have our needs met, the wrong direction to have ourselves find satisfaction. He says, listen diligent to me and eat what is good. Delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear and come to me. Hear that your soul may live. I, I, I love the way the words, again, inspired by the Holy Spirit, these words of God go back and forth between the physical and the spiritual. Listen to me and eat. Incline your ear and come to me. He's talked about food and drink and milk and wine and bread. And yet he's also saying your soul will be satisfied. Yes, God's thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Yes, his ways are higher than our ways. But he doesn't leave us there. He reaches out to us and offers truth. He offers the reality of who he is and who we are. And he says, come. If you're thirsty, come. You remember the Beatitudes. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. They will be satisfied. Jesus said, all you who labor and are heavy laden, heavy laden, come to me. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly of heart, and you will find rest for your soul. The scripture is very honest about our need, about our desperate condition, and yet it is equally honest about God's desire to meet that need, to overcome our dependence, to give us that which we need. In the last couple of episodes now then, we have looked at first David's declaration that how precious are your thoughts to me, O God. And we saw how he got to that point. Even though these thoughts of God were so far beyond him, so unfathomable. The very nature of God, as God has revealed himself, makes David find those thoughts, which could be off-putting, precious to him. 
we saw from Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, that though we are in reality in a world enshrouded in darkness, that his word is a lamp, the only lamp that we have, the only lamp for our feet to help us get our bearings, the only light to our path to help us to find our way. And all of this fits so beautifully with one of the most prominent metaphors that Scripture has for the people of God, and that is that of pilgrims on a journey, sojourners in a foreign land. Our citizenship, the New Testament tells us, is in heaven. We're on this journey, and yet this journey is unique. It's a journey to an unfamiliar place. We've never been there before. Along an unfamiliar path, it's a path we have never traveled before. And this journey takes place in the darkness, in the spiritual darkness of this fallen world. The obvious question, how do we find our way? What hope do we have? And the answer is that God has provided for that need. He has provided perfectly in his written word, in his living word. The question for us that we've been exploring is, is that our attitude towards what God has done in Jesus Christ? Is that our attitude towards what has, God has provided for us in sacred scripture? Do I recognize my dependence? Do I recognize that I'm in the darkness, in spiritual darkness, and yet there is a light available to me? Do I depend on that light? And because of my dependence, because of his loving kindness to meet my need, do I delight in his provision? More than that, do I delight in the God who offers this provision? There is a way that seems right to a man. The end of that way is the way of death. But God has freely offered to us his light, his word, that we might understand his thoughts and his ways that he might lead us along this pilgrim journey to that place of rest in him, perfect rest in Jesus Christ. Praise him for all that he has done to meet our need while glorifying his own name and blessing us so very richly.